now tuned in to the Big Man on Basketball with Barstool Sports. Wake up in the morning, I just gotta get it, yeah. We just play the phone and money double, triple, yeah. Triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double. Before I lay my head down, thank God for the hustle, yeah. I'ma take a single, make it triple, then I double, yeah. Triple, double, double, triple, double, What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Big Man on Basketball. I am your host, the Big Man on Campus. Another day, another dollar. We are here on a Friday, breaking down the card for the weekend. We got plenty of games to talk about tonight. Uh, We'll take even a look at the Saturday card, which another big one. A couple of teams coming back, a couple of teams pausing. It's kind of the rule of the roost this year in college basketball, but... Uh, got a lot to get into tonight. We've got a couple news and notes to get to. Ben Mintz will join us, newest Barstool employee. It was great talking to Ben. We talked some poker. We talked about uh, Ole Miss basketball. We talked about Dick Vitale, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's great to talk to Ben. We'll get to him in just a little bit. But before we get to anything, we got to get to our co-host, Ryan D'Amico. Ryan, uh, you can find him on Twitter at DiaDia18. Ryan, what's up? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, everything's going good on my end. Uh, yeah, like you said, another day, another dollar. Um, excited to uh, break things down. Excited to kind of talk about uh, yesterday's events, too, or I should say Wednesday's events, because it was an interesting night, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Um, so I'm excited to get it rolling. Um, did want to say, too, just real quick, um, just one of the just me personally, I uh, just want to give a shout out to kind of all our listeners and, and everyone that's kind of, um, you know, reached out, tweeted, DM'd, and, you know, even people that have broke our balls. Uh, I appreciate you listening, and, and I, I appreciate uh, the support. And, um, you know, Jeff and I are enjoying what we're doing and uh, enjoying helping you guys make money. So I just wanted to reach out and say uh, thank you, and, uh, you know, hopefully this continues for many, many, many more episodes to come. Amen to that. Uh, Ryan uh, getting, uh, getting uh, you know, emotional tonight which is nice ryan with a nice how about ryan 2-0 and in that wisconsin play the other night nice work full game in first half um i didn't do as well but ryan kind of carried the show ryan's 2-0 and on his uh on his play of the day we'll kind of start that segment uh i'm 19 and 13 on the season which uh, in some aspects ryan some people don't think that's a winning season i had to kind of put some people in their place um maybe people want to learn math uh, also, Ryan, uh, I said another day, another dollar. Who said this line? What rapper said this line? Another day, another dollar, another night to make a whole holla. I pop a cherry, then I pop my collar, pop brand new tags off of brand new clothes, brush my hair back and kick the hole at the dough. Who said that? It's on the tip of my tongue. I do know it. I'm not as you heard that, right? I no, 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 absolutely. I, I, I as soon as you say it, I'm going to know it. I don't want it to come off like, oh, it's just he, he doesn't fucking know it. He's just saying it. No, I seriously do. It's, no, it's, it's a song that like if you grew up in the 2000s, you know, yeah. um, there yeah, was a group. I knew it was older. Yeah, there's a group called uh, Three Six Mafia, one of the great uh, there bands, uh, rap groups ever. Uh, they had a couple of different tracks. Was that Dope Boy Fresh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great call, yeah. Ryan. Uh, Dope Boy Fresh. They had a they had a track uh, or a, uh, actually a mixtape called uh, Most Non Unknown. In fact, I think it was an album. But I mean, they had some bangers back in the day, like Stay Fly, Popping My Collar, 
Dope Boy Fresh. That was that was a they were great, man. DJ Paul and uh, Juicy J. Yeah, that was a that was a they were, that was a great era, man. I was lucky to grow up in it. But uh, all right, Ryan, let's get into some things here. Uh, as I said, we'll go over some of the Friday card. We get a couple of games, a couple of big favorites that I want to talk about. I know you're going to get into one and, and a couple others as well. Before we do that, though, a couple of news and notes. Uh, how about Xavier the other night, Ryan? I mean, no offense, but I don't think the dream team would have beat Xavier the other night against Oklahoma. Look, Oklahoma scored 77. It's not like they didn't score, but there was like a five-minute stretch at the end of the first half where Xavier started to kind of pull away a little bit, get a little bit of a lead. What did Xavier have, Ryan, last night? 18 threes? That was 19. incredible. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what is going on with X right now? I mean, this team can't seemingly do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> they win games they probably should lose. You know, last night they put up historically good numbers. I got to be honest, uh, they don't play for another couple of weeks. They, or actually, I'm sorry, they do play. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong date. They play on Saturday. Uh, and then they get into their schedule, their conference schedule. If you're in the Big East, you don't want to face this team. I kind of have them third or fourth still, but – I mean, my God, that was a barrage last night. Yeah, a school record, uh, 19 threes. Um, their 17th got on that school record. And uh, just just crazy. Um, yeah, there's not really much else you could say. Sometimes that kind of shit happens. Look, I, I, I was on both ends uh, of this. So I was on Iowa the other night when they were just – they couldn't miss from three. And then I get burned on it uh, last night when uh, Xavier – can't miss from three so you know you take your go with the bad that's gonna happen look you can't no one's gonna predict that kind of stuff like i don't look at a, t- a thing and be no, like okay just... this guy's gonna cover this team is gonna cover because they're gonna make 17 threes like that's just not realistic so you just kind of chalk it up as a loss they all count the same and, and you kind of move on but you're right i mean just a just a crazy just, it was on even though we had money on it jeff i don't know about you i was amazed to just constantly keep looking because I wasn't watching and I was watching something else but I kept checking the score and it was like another three another three another three I was like Jesus yeah I mean Oklahoma's uh, three-point defense continues to be woeful uh but you know you look at the it was not just the fact that it was when you make 19 threes it's like okay how many did you shoot 42 and it was like no they shot 32 that's 59 and a half percent that's pretty incredible on that amount of shots uh, to make that many I mean, they just – they were they were unconscionable. I mean, Nate Johnson couldn't miss. Fremantle couldn't miss. Uh, and, look, shout out to me. I was wrong. Uh, I didn't really want to see an offense run through Zach Fremantle, but it's worked so far for Xavier. Not a team, uh, if I'm Providence, I want to play on Saturday. They are stroking hot. Uh, and, look, public cashed in last night with Xavier. Uh, I'll probably ride save – I was going to talk about Iowa getting a big win. We kind of did that, but we're going to talk about them in our breakdown. So I kind of feel like I'll wait for that. Now you, you mentioned though, uh, they had a hot shooting night right now, Brian, it seems like teams are starting to figure it out from the three point line. I talked with a colleague of mine on Twitter the other night about that. He mentioned kind of teams starting to settle in a little bit, starting to see the ball go through the hoop and you know, we've had some crooked shooting performances. So uh, yeah, you know, you can't beat that. And that's one thing as a handicapper, if you're betting games, you got to just chalk it up. It sucks. Uh, it, it's hard to watch, especially if you're on the other side. On the other side, because I don't know about you, but I don't seem to ever get on those sides. I'm always the team that goes against. But I told you last night I have a book. A it's a little journal I have, and I keep it. And I every time I, I bet a game, I write it down. So I have a list, and I keep track of the teams that I bet on. Ryan, I'm not sure there's a team 
that I've gotten wrong more than Oklahoma every time I back this team. Uh, and it's really been just, you know, since Buddy Heald left. It seems like ever since then, I just can't get this fucking team right. And what was that, 2017, 2016? It's been yeah. a long time since Buddy Heald was there. I got to just stop betting Lon and the boys. It, this group just can't ever get it done for me. Uh, but you have those teams, and you have to kind of sooner or later recognize that maybe you just don't get this team right ever. Yeah, I mean, and that's the kind of the thing with, with Oklahoma, unfortunately, is ever since Heald left and they, you know, were an upper echelon team, I mean, they've just kind of been middling since. So, and those are obviously always um, kind of risky teams to, to kind of bet on from time to time because you're obviously picking your spots and you're hoping, you know, things go your way. But when a team is, and you and I have talked about it before, um, me personally, I always kind of, you're always confident in your plays. I don't want to say I'm not confident, but yeah. like you're always just in the back of your mind. It's always like, well, this team is, you know, 14 and and, and 12. Like they are quote unquote average. Yeah, so, right. you know what I mean? Let's hope it doesn't, you know, come back to bite us. But um, yeah, look, it, like you said, it is what it is. And, you know, maybe, maybe you stay away from them for a while, but. No, I, I definitely will. And I want to make this also clear. You shouldn't be st- just staying away from a team because they hurt you one or two nights. Yeah, you don't want to just give up on a team, yeah. but you know, when a team for years on end, you never seem to get right. Uh, and you go back and look, you know, it might be time to, to kind of, um, you know, give it a rest for a little bit. But uh, so before we get to the Ben Mintz interview, Ryan, I, we got to touch on Coach K, uh, the weasel shitbag he is. Uh, th- this guy is the worst. I've said before, I think he's one of those overrated actual coaches you'll find. Does he win a lot of games? Yeah. And is he a, a good coach from that standpoint? Yeah. But let's be honest, Ryan, if he didn't get the players he gets every year, from an in-game standpoint, can you can you actually tell me, Ryan? So most coaches, they have like a staple. What the hell is his staple? What has this guy ever created on the court that worked? I mean, like as far as like sets or an offense of some sort, like – but but on the let's stop also trying to act like he's this great ambassador to basketball and he all of a sudden cares about his players. We talked about this with Coach Patino. I'm going to talk about it with Coach K. For anyone who didn't hear, Shashevsky started whining the other night because uh, his team's not playing well and that maybe we shouldn't be playing college basketball this year because it's not safe. So what they decided to do today is cancel the remaining non-conference games and wait for – uh, the conference season to start. It makes no sense. It's completely hypocritical because it's not like in a week when they start conference play, coronavirus is going to be gone all of a sudden. Um, you know, typical shitbag move from him. Uh, it's not surprising. There's always full of excuses with Coach K. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, I personally have – when it comes to Coach K, like in general, I'm just kind of neutral on him. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. He's done it for so damn long. Uh, recently, he's gone to that, like, Yeah, but again, Calipo- is he a hell of a coach? I, I think he, that's He wins. Yes, he's a hell of a coach. He fucking wins. Okay, but again, on the court, it's questionable. He doesn't do a lot of things. He doesn't make a lot of adjustments. He kind of just – and he so has the talent. Just, now you're just fucking picking straws here. I mean, no, I'm not. He wins. No, I'm not. He wins. Again, though. I don't get – so if so if a, so if a coach wins – 
Yeah. But he doesn't do anything to revolutionize the game. Yeah. That but that but somehow he, diminishes him. But again, he I, I'm not I'm not I didn't diminish it. I'm saying he does win. You're right. He has great players, but at the end of the day, he's never created a signature style. The zone defense he plays regularly. He and he regularly fails with very good teams. Um, I mean, I just I didn't understand the level of admiration he gets personally. I, he's a good coach for sure. Would I call him the greatest coach ever? No. Okay, and I mean, <laughs> that's that's obviously a debate. Can be a debate for you know a different time and a, a, a long debate at that. But what he's done in this aspect, right? I don't think anyone realistically and you know with a straight face can look at it and take it seriously and say like if it was the other way around he wouldn't be doing this i mean all you have to do is look at nate oates alabama's uh, head coach today his comments i don't know if you were able to yeah, see that but great. his comments were great i mean that's refreshing that's so refreshing to hear nowadays like you don't hear that kind of let's just be honest honesty in sports anymore because sports is so fucking politically correct that it's nice to hear that where he called a spade spade and said, look, if this guy didn't lose back-to-back non-conference games, would we be making a big deal of this? No, he wouldn't. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. No, he dead. He's dead. Right. And you know, this is, as we said, do you really think Ryan, if they were four and oh, and they didn't almost lose the cop in and they didn't lose to Michigan state and they didn't get beat up by Illinois. Do you really think he would have said this? Of course not. And that's why it's a terrible look. Yeah. It's a terrible look. Also one other thing, when you are a coach of his level, okay. Outside of like generational talent, like Zion Williamson, can you name Ryan outside of maybe Kyrie Irving as well? Can you name one player that's developed into a star in the NBA? The talent that he's had. Can, can you name any? I mean, a star. I mean, no, I mean, not re- not recently. I mean, which, which I guess uh, probably the, re- the most recent would be like JJ Redick. Right. I mean, How long ago did star. he come into the league? Who was that? 20 years ago? No, I hear you. No, I look and I, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. And I mean, like I said, I'm not going to diminish anything that he's done because look, he's, he's had success and he's done it for a long time. And he took a program like Duke who, I mean, before he got there was, to say they were irrelevant, I think, is an understatement. I mean, no one talked about Duke University at all on, a, okay, so on an athletic Make sure level, you give so. – okay, then give Mark Few the same credit because he did the same thing. I think people are. I don't okay. think people aren't um, over the last decade or so. I think Mark Few has definitely gotten the, the respect he deserves. I mean, Christ, this team's the number one team in the country. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what, what more respect you can give. But yeah. um, no, I just I, – I, I will – honor respect or give respect um, and honor someone when I think they deserve it. And I think coach K absolutely deserves it. Um, has he looked like a jerk off here? Yes. But I think we all say some stuff uh, at times that, that make us look like a jerk off. I know yeah, you do. A lot of people tell you, you do on Twitter. Yeah. But I don't really ever do. Uh, he has made some, I mean, what about the back comment? Remember that where he blamed it? Like he, he always has, he always has blame for stuff. He never wants to, take it. and also then he makes a comment about we want our players to go home i th- i thought players weren't supposed to go home isn't that kind of unsafe to like send players home like they're fucking athletes that's what they do they never go home over christmas like wh- why is this here any different like i love how you try to like make it like it's all about the players i care about the players well i mean let's be honest i mean it, it is definitely a different year i mean more so than any other time i mean look but if again, i they never if, go if home. i ran 
Well, that's not true. I mean, it's Christmas break. If if you have an extended period off, you know, and this year is a, this this year is just flat out different. I mean, so the fact that he's sending people home, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, the pussy move. It's a weak move. Well, why is saying. it weak for him to send his kids home to fuck. be with their families? Every player's at, no one's at home. They're the only ones. It, it's bullshit. What are you talking about? This is weak. So because everyone else does it, he should do it. What? He's only doing it because they're they're not good. He I doesn't get want to that. F- I, I I get what you're saying, but I mean, like I said though, it's a. I think the whole if it wasn't coronavirus, I mean, we wouldn't be having this discussion. So are you saying are you saying he's using that as an excuse? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He's using coronavirus as yes. an excuse. Yeah, he's trying to, and it's not working because it's weird because he's going to play Notre Dame. I mean, the Notre Dame game's December 16th. I mean, why are you canceling games? I mean, what's that all about? Why are you doing that? That's uh, (laughs) – You know, that's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, I – look, and I think it's – I don't don't necessarily like everything that he's done – in the last 24 hours, I, I don't agree with it. Um, do I understand it? Do I understand kind of what he's doing? Yes. Um, okay. Look, he's he's ducking, which, look, I don't agree with, but that's his prerogative, and if that's kind of what he wants to do. And, look, he's – how old is Coach K? Fucking in his 70s, I'd imagine. I mean, I don't think he gives a shit what anyone's going to say. Okay, there you go. I don't think he cares what anyone says about him at this point in his career. I will say at 73, he does look pretty good for his age. I would not have guessed he was 73. Pretty impressive. Uh, but again, when it's so if you want to also, if you want to say anything about what I said about Coach K, if you can spot a lie, tell me. Because again, I'm just saying, I don't think on the court he's that great. He always has good players, though. And there, there's something that's, that's part of coaching as well. So you'll, you'll never hear me say anything about that. All right, Ryan, uh, before we get into the game breakdowns, I wanted to get to an interview that we did. Uh, it was with newest employee, Ben Mintz. I was very happy to talk to him. We had some great uh, chat. Uh, he had a couple of great stories about poker. Uh, we talked about uh, Ole Miss. We talked to SEC Hoops, uh, just his journey to New York and to Barstool. It's kind of a, a crazy one. So uh, give a listen. This is Ben Mintz on Big Men on Basketball. Ben Mintz, there he is. Welcome to the program, Ben Mintz. Welcome to Big Man on Basketball. I've been wanting to talk to you for a minute because I'm a poker guy. You're a poker guy. I'm not as a bigger poker guy as you, but I want to talk some Ole Miss basketball. I also want to get in some Dick Vitale shit because I fucking can't stand Dick Vitale. I know you got a good story on Dick. How you doing, Ben Mintz? One of the newest Barstow employees. Good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I've been I've been listening, and I really have been enjoying your basketball knowledge and gambling knowledge you're dropping on the the fine people, the fine stories. And I'm happy to come on here and talk some SEC hoops with you. Yeah, I know you're a, a big football guy. Uh, you know, real quick for for anyone that I guess we all have our audiences, and I have you know the occasional person that isn't a Barstool guy. You have a weird way of getting to Barstool. <laughs> How I mean, that's a lot of people, though. If you look at Brandon Walker or we had Big Ev on. I mean, he he came from a, a fake invite, basically, to, to go to HQ back when they were at the old office. So for me, I've known Big Cat for a while. I've known Dave, kind of those guys for a while. So mine was simple. It wasn't that complex. Yours is kind of crazy, though. Yeah, it is. And uh, what, what happened was 
I had a video. I was watching. I'm a big Ole Miss guy and uh, Ole Miss alum. And I was watching the Ole Miss Kentucky football game, second game of the year. And I, when Ole Miss scored to win by one point in overtime, I was just, I'm a real fiery guy. That's not news to anybody that knows me. And uh, I was kind of just going nuts. And uh, my producer that I worked with in ESPN Baton Rouge, my buddy Playboy Marty, he just had the wherewithal to when I was going nuts and all this one to just click on his camera thinking, Hey, I bet people laugh at this that are, that are our social media guys, the ESPN Baton Rouge, not thinking anything of it. And he, he tweeted out this video that said, someone's happy about Lane Kiffin's first SEC win. And it's me going nuts doing the old Miss cheer at the TV. And I don't think anything of it. And Saturday night goes by and it's doing pretty good. And I think whatever. And then Sunday morning, I'm driving to Natchez, Mississippi. I was the Sunday morning football show for ESPN Baton Rouge, which is the LSU flagship. And uh, I'm about to go on the air, and I see Dave Portnoy has retweeted that SEC football hits different. Then I see Dave's follow me on Twitter, and I'm just like, man, what the hell is going on? Wow. And Ten minutes before I go on the air for the football Sunday morning show with Rohan Davey, the old LSU uh, the old and New England Patriot backup, uh, Dave sends me a message. Is that you? I said, damn right it is. On the video, he said, we're ready for you to come work for us at Barstool Sports. And How about I just, that? I just jumped out of my chair. What a world. Yeah, man. And I mean, I worked for, I love the ESPN Baton Rouge. I worked for a great radio, one of the best radio stations in the South. But, you know, obviously once in a lifetime opportunity yep. for Barstool. And Dave calls me the next day. And I, I'm standing by the Mississippi River in Natchez, and I say hello. And he says, your voice sounds exactly how I hoped it would with this raspy southern yep. drawl thing I got going. You're a character. Goes, Look, I don't know everything about life, but I've been pretty good about spotting talent. You're my guy. And I was just like, man. <laughs> what, what a find. Hey, yeah. listen, I want you to know, I've known Dave Porter for a couple of years. And he doesn't even follow me. So there <laughs> yeah. you go. I couldn't believe it, but and then, and he told me he actually said, you know, you can come up to New York or you can stay south. Yep. We just really want the content. We'll pay you more if you come to New York. And I did a little research. Like I followed Dave. I knew a lot about. I knew a decent bit about Barstool, but I wasn't a huge stoolie. But I followed Dave and the pizza reviews yep. and everything. And I, I did some research. I was like, man, I'm a fool if I don't come up to New York and get immersed in this culture and get to meet everyone and. You know, I just thought this is such a big opportunity that I'd regret forever if I just stayed in the South and didn't give it my complete I'll tell you this, and I said this to you when I first saw you on the Zoom here, all the videos you do, everything you do, you look incredibly comfortable there, which is crazy because I think you're, you know, you've been around New Orleans and stuff, but I mean, New York's a different animal. You know, you get out of Madison Square Garden, out of the, the Penn Station, you walk up there and you see all those big buildings it's imposing, but you, you seem cool as a cucumber. You're like Patrick Mahomes. You sound like him. You kind of <laughs> behave like him, too. You're cool as a cucumber. Well, I'll tell you what the truth is. The reason that that is uh, possible is I can't say enough. I mentioned how good of a radio station ESPN Baton Rouge is. Mm -hmm. And the training I got there, they had a 500K brand-new studio. And, you know, you see production and radio all over the country. I've seen a lot of real weak efforts. But they just do everything first class to the LSU flagship. And I think, you know, it, I would call it like the perfect triple A situation before stepping up here to the majors. Like from, I just, from I what just I understand, like so well. from what I understand as well, you, uh, you kind of lucked into your uh, job at Baton Rouge as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had a crazy year. Actually, so I was four years of drive time sports radio in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is about a, uh, about a 250,000 person market. I was three to six for four years. 
And I, I knew 10 people when I moved there and I built it into definitely something pretty good. No shit. But right as COVID hit, I heard the, the words you never want to hear in sports radio, station reformat change. Yeah. And they switched it from sports to like soft rock or some shit. Jeez. And no, but they told me, they were like, man, this has nothing to do with you. We think you crush. I've won some award for the best broadcaster the year before. But uh, they just said the rest of the station wasn't making money. And, you know, obviously the economy is bad. And uh, I've been part of Off the Bench, which is the ESPN Baton Rouge Morning Show with T. Bob Aber and Jordy Claude. I've been the gambling picks guy on there since 2017. And so I, I was right when I got let go in Shreveport, I got offered a job to be their number three. I took it on the spot and then COVID shut the world down and the offer disappeared. It's and crazy. Uh, I knew at that time, though, I was like, well, if they wanted me now, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few months, but they're going to want, you know, I think I can get a job down there before football because they already want me yep. a job. And so I actually just went up to Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss is, and I played online poker for four months. I just did nothing but online poker from mid-March to, like, early July, like the old days. And then I got a job offer from ESPN Baton Rouge in early, in early July. And so I was down there, like, three months, and it went really good. I mean, we were doing well. And then this Barstool thing just kind of popped out of the sky. And so I've lived in Shreveport, Oxford, Baton Rouge, and New York all three months each this year. It's crazy. The world moves in crazy ways. Good for you, man. That Barstool creates these people, just these down-home regular people, you know, maybe from Pennsylvania, from Mississippi, or from California. Look at you, killing it, all because of a video. Yeah, it's crazy, but I, I'll say this. A lot of great things about Barstool, but, man, I was so happy – to be the first one with New Orleans ties in there. Yeah, because true. New Orleans, like, I'm a huge Saints fan, Pelicans fan. I lived in NOLA from 09 to 14. And, I mean, I'm going to be doing a lot of content from New Orleans, whether it's Jazz Fest or Mardi yeah. Gras. Or, there's a lot of stuff that, that I know the Stoolies are going to love. And so one, thing I, one thing I can tell about you, you're a caring guy. I saw what you did with uh, the, the different restaurants down there that are struggling. You really love the area. Kind of like me where I'm at. I love this yeah, area. Yeah. I know how much you love Philly when I oh, yeah. met you there. Yeah, I, you know, and I still remember when I first met you, it was a few weeks ago. It was one of the last gambling houses we had before yeah. Philadelphia shut down. But I remember you changed the channel. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> you cha- Listen, so he Ben comes in, and he's sitting back where I was. We were sitting back there, me, Marty, and him. And Dave was watching. It was a Sunday game, a, a Cal game. It was, it was, it was Cal-UCLA, but yeah. it was on Sunday. And it was halftime, and I'm like, man, college halftime for 25 minutes. Yeah, you switched it off. Yeah, I asked him, but then my dumb ass, of course, you know, just thinking nothing of it, I just forget to flip it back. And it's like one of the first interactions. Well, it's probably my third or fourth interaction with Dave Portnoy. And, you know, I mean, look, I don't know what to say. I mean, I I, I know I won't be changing any more channels. It didn't go well after that because nobody moved the football. He had the over, and it just died on a vine. And – Ben Mintz was the one to play, but I yeah, still remember I, the. I, I know, I know, not to mess with change of channels around Dave, man. That's for sure. But, but one thing I I noticed that I don't think anyone else noted was the uh, the crazy like uh, laugh you had down in the, the the kitchen. You almost thought it was funny, and I loved that because most people would say, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." You were laughing about it. You didn't yeah. give a fuck. Well, you know, I mean, that I, was I great. Realized, yeah, I realized the bar stool, man. It's such a. You know, we're always, the, the beauty of Barstool is you got to have thick skin going into this deal because, like, that's what makes it so much fun. I mean, you know, you're obviously yeah. in the middle of it, too. Oh, you yeah. know, the things are going to be said about you. You're going to say things about people. <laughs> that's the, the fucking first, thing. Birds going to fly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just embrace it, you know. I mean, it is what it is. And, and you, 
you, luckily, I have a little different way of looking at it because I'm not there every day. So when something's said, I'm not necessarily right there to respond to it. So you kind of hear with me from emissaries and through other things. So, yeah. but yeah, you have to have thick skin. You can't be sensitive. That's something that I've had to learn uh, pretty quick. But I really want to ask you quickly about poker yeah, because I I played poker for years. I'm more cash. I, I don't necessarily play tournaments a whole lot. But I mean, you've cashed in the main event twice, and not just like you were the second after the bubble. 327 and 75th. Yeah. And these are big fields, folks. These are like 7,000 player fields. You cash for 90K, you cash for uh, 38K. I mean, this is high level stuff. I mean, especially for a guy that, you know, you just kind of took poker up in what, 2007 or so? So I basically, I was a poker pro from 06 to 14. I got into it at Ole Miss in 2003 when the Chris Moneymaker boom happened. Right. Started out playing $5 games in the frat house, the ATO house at Ole Miss. And uh, I would go up to Tunica, which is by Memphis, about an hour away, and play at the Horseshoe. And I started playing online, and, man, I just quit. Like, I just got so obsessed with it. I got one of those addicting, addictive personalities. Right. And so when I got into it, I just got into it the whole way, and I probably wasn't doing the best in school. And I remember I was like a broke college kid like everybody else. And one night in April of 06, I'm playing a $22 tournament online. I probably have 200 bucks to my name. And I just win this thing. There were 2,400 people in it. And I just win it for 10,000 off 20 bucks. And that was And that. I just, but at the time I was 23 years old. I was like, oh my God, I'm like a millionaire. And I, you know, and I was just like, I got to give this a shot. And I rose to some great heights in the poker world. Uh, I was top 200 online. Well, I say great heights. I'd say good heights. But I was top 200 online at my peak. And, and I moved to New Orleans in 09. And I would play a lot in New Orleans, Biloxi, the Gulf Coast. And the government banned online poker on April 15th of 2011. Black Friday. Black yeah. Friday. Yeah. And when that happened, I was like, well, I'm just going to switch and play live. Well, I go on this huge live poker heater. That's when I got 75th in the main in 2011, uh, which was my highlight, the 90K. And then I, I got third the tournament in Jacksonville for like 50. And then I got 12th in an Oklahoma one for like 30-something all in a row, like back to back to back. Yeah, I saw that. It was like all around the same time. Yeah, I just went on this big heater. Mm-hmm. Well, my dumb ass is 28 at this point, thinking I'm just like Phil Ivey. Oh, and I'm no. booking flights the night before, you know, flying around the country. I'm living in New Orleans. You know, I'm just living like so far above my means, thinking I could do that. And, you know, it, we'll just say it was unsustainable. And uh, I, I, I you know, that's what they make your 20s for, though, Ben. Remember that. Oh, yeah. No, so, so I basically got to a point in early 14. When I was like 30, 30, I was 31, or about to turn 31 at this point. And I realized, I was like, man, this isn't going the way I need it to. I still have like a year left in school. And one of my best friends is back at Ole Miss too, trying to finish up. And he called me and called me out and said, you say you want to come back and finish. Well, I got us a house, like, you know, let's do it now. And I kind of took stock of my life and realized like, hey, I should probably do this. And I went back to school for a year. I worked a part-time job in a kitchen, you know, kind of got me humble and, uh, and then I got into sports radio after graduated. So I've taken a long and winding road to get here. Is sure. poker something you're going back to? Oh, hell yeah. I still, in 2018, I mean, I was doing sports radio, but I went on a big heater in 18 when I got 327th in the main. Uh, I made the final table, the $1,700 World Series New Orleans main event. I finished seventh in that for 30K. And I had a couple other really good caches. Look, what I say about poker especially in my mid-30s, I love it when I have employment because now I have a job, my rent and bills are paid, yep. I can go gamble, and if I win, awesome, I can build a bunch of money, and if I lose, whatever. And 
the barstool thing, this is going to be so fun for during non-football season. I'm going to go play the World Series of Poker and have the stoolies behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to travel all over, the, you know, Atlantic City and Colorado and North Carolina and stuff. Uh, no, my big part of my content plans is going to be I'm going to hit the poker too hard. I'm going to do videos from the road. And Good. That's going to be a lot of – that's definitely going to be – uh, a big part of the future if you know we'll see what happens with a lot of poker and covid i, I, I mean 75th in the main event is quite deep i mean that's what day five six it was day six I mean, that's dinner. that's a rigorous six days i mean you're playing oh, long was, days oh it was insane man it was uh it was crazy uh I, I had the chip lead day one and i just man i really just crushed it for five days and then day six i remember i came back from dinner break with 90 left and i was in 35th place and uh, what well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to complain about. It. I got two aces popped and a huge one, and then I lost a huge, a big coin flip with ace queen against tens. But uh, it was awesome, man. It was just such a cool experience going that deep. And then honestly, in 2018, you know, I'd taken those years off of poker and gone back to school and worked a part time job and built Shreveport Sports Radio up from nothing. I mean, I probably made 15k my first year. And uh, it was so cool to come back in 2018 and make that run in the main to show I still, you know, right. old dog still, still, right. you know, still has it in him. And, you know, I think I still feel very good about my poker future. And I've got, you know, I feel very confident. I think there's a big thing, like I was saying about the job thing. You know, when you know your bills are paid, you play a little more fearless and you're not sure. afraid that, you know, you're, you're playing with house money. Loss. I got you. Let me ask you two questions about poker. Oh, good, man. One, did you play cash? Will you play cash? Because some yes, people are just I, tourney guys. Well, I was more of a tourney guy online, but I will play cash. But I wouldn't play like high – I play like one three no limit casinos and two five in casinos. But if I had it to do over again, that's what I screwed up in my New Orleans days. I should have been in that Harris Nola playing 50 hours a week. Taking people's money. Yeah, because those games were good. Now, instead, yeah. I was spending 10 or 15 hours in there, and I was out seeing shows and partying too hard because I was young and stupid. Well, listen, when COVID's <laughs> over, you come to the Borgata, you play yep. midnight till 4 a.m., you clean up. No, man, I've Kids in there up, just I give money couple, away. I came up there and played a couple of World Poker Tour events at the Borgata. I got eighth in a $1,000 event. It was the best I've done. In- you don't drink, right? I don't drink either. Don't, see, not anymore. See, that's what – Part of yeah. why I'm so excited about poker is because back then I used to party, you know, I used to booze it up pretty big and I, I quit in late April. And so I think the sharp mind stuff has been a big part. I don't think it's a coincidence. It is. Baton Rouge and Barstool and all yeah. this stuff happened when I feel like I'm, you know, living a little better. And I know you are too. Gambling's a bad vice. You don't want to compound it with drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. And I think you see that. It's smart. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what else on the betting sports. Mm-hmm. And what used to get me is like, you know, the picks I'd research out and have on Wednesday or Thursday for Saturday or Sunday would do well. But if I started having a few drinks and you have yep. you could bet on your phone, yeah, yeah. and you end up putting three or four units on stuff you want a unit on when you're watching games. You put an extra zero like, on that, yeah. that $100 bet. I hear you. I hear you, man. No, you got to have the, the, the concise mind when you're, when you're betting, you're playing poker, all that kind of stuff. Um, toughest player, because look, we all get starstruck, right? And I'm going to be honest. If Phil Ivey sits down at my table, you know, poker's all about tells, that kind of stuff. Who's the toughest player or just the most starstruck you were around? Okay. I've played a lot with Chris Moneymaker not in the South because he lives in Memphis. I played with Scotty Lynn a good bit right. in Oklahoma. But the toughest player I played against uh, is actually was, was in 2011, the main event when Patrick Antonius came and sat on my Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then this is actually the best – this is perfect time for me to tell this. Uh, 
actually, so we, we, he sits down on my right on day three. I'm running this table. And then he comes over. Luckily, he's on my right, so I position on him. He has a bag that's so big you can't even see, like, the Ziploc in the bag. He has so many chips when he sits down. I'm like, man, this is like out of a movie. It's not even and so he sits down on my right on day three of the main. And he looks around. He don't know who anybody is at this table. So he doesn't give a shit. He starts raising every single hand. Yeah. And I'm kind of just like, well – I'm on this dude's left, you know, like I, I'm all in mess with Antonius. And I was like, you know what? I know exactly what this dude's doing. So I start re-raising him because I know he's bluffing all the time. And all hell breaks loose between us. Like we each win two hands. And then this hand goes down. It's the hand of my entire life that I'll never be able to duplicate. But it gets folded to him and uh, the cutoff. So he's in late position for people that don't know poker, which means he's going to raise more hands. And I remember he made it 7,200. And I have king-queen on the button right behind him, which I think has got him murdered. So I make it 18,500. And it gets back to Antonius, and he's just like, who the hell is this kid? And he just bombs it. He makes it 63,000. He's trying to push you around. So he makes it 63K. He has 100K behind, so he makes it 63 with 100 left. So he's looking committed. I had I had him covered by, like, I had 220K before the hand. He had 160. So when he makes it 63 – I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, man, why the hell did I re-raise his hand? I could have called him with king-queen. No, and then – so I'm about to fold, like, man, what am I doing in the main, blah, blah, blah. And then my gut goes off. I'm just like, this dude just doesn't think I have the heart here. He thinks I have to have kings of races. I was like, he's making it 63, trying to look committed. It's only 100 back. He's trying to mm-hmm. think that. I'll think that looks strong. I ripped all in for 220. Good for you. And I know he falls, and then I showed the king how to the table, and everybody lost their minds. Wow. You, yeah, yeah, I well, you almost – wow. What a story. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the rest of the day, nobody messed with me at that table. But, man, that's like a better hand than, Mike, than Matt Damon had against Chan. It's almost time. like when you go to prison, you got to set the fucking stage. Don't fuck with me. And you, you go at the biggest dude. You went at the biggest dude. Cause yeah. I once heard Norman Chad. I no, it wasn't Norman Chad. It was Gabe Kaplan on High Stakes Poker. I remember there was a kid trying to bluff Antonius, and he would stare at him, and and he would say, "It's like looking at a Greek statue. He doesn't move. He just sits there. He's like stoic. He's he's an impending guy, Patrick Antonius." And I remember back in those times, he was an incredible cash player. He was moving tons of money around. So you. Wow, you you pulled a bluff off on. Oh yeah, for all the chips. I mean, heats too. I mean, the, you know, I put two hundred twenty k in there. The bonds are only twenty four hundred. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was it was just funny because my gut instinct went off, and I think that same instinct to pull the trigger on Antonius is part of me feeling comfortable at Barstool so far. You know, good for you. Like, yeah, you that, learned. I think those two are very co-related. You know, that's super. That's super interesting. Um, so don't play any home games with Ben Mintz. But Ben Mintz, I'm going to tell you right now. I think I have an idea. You should do some heads up tournaments. Uh, play Nate. He's a good poker yeah, player. Yeah, Bush and I have been talking about it. There you go. Um, and like I said, if you ever want to play cash, let me know. I got some games for you. Um, Dick Vitale. Okay, Dick Vitale is a hypocrite. We've talked. I've talked glowingly about how much I can't stand Dick Vitale. I did kind of feel sorry for some of his comments recently about dying. It's kind of sucks, but you know, Dick's a good guy. He does a lot for cancer research, that kind of stuff. But a couple of years ago, I know you had a little. You guys at Baton Rouge had a little bit of a run in with him, Jordy and T. Bob down there. I remember listening to that. Dick was. Oh yeah, no, it's still, it's, still, it's still going on too. And this is actually Jordy Clotta. Uh, who runs, who's the host of Off the Bench, the morning show that I've been part of, that really, honestly, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, if 
If not for my ESPN Baton Rouge ties, I mean, I feel like they'd say any idiot can have a video. I think that that ESPN Baton Rouge is a big part of me getting there. But uh, so Jordy, basically Dick Vitale has been, you mentioned the hypocrisy. You know, he's really close with Rick Pitino, for example. And, you know, Coach K, he's, I mean, everybody called him Duke Vitale. Boy, yeah. So he attacks all these programs that aren't the Blue Bloods but he just ignores everything and becomes a coach K or Patino or his guy. Oh, yeah. For some reason he's singled out Will Wade and Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, Will Wade, and I'm not saying, oh, she runs clean his program. It's just, I think everything. Well, look, I don't know if he singled him out. I mean, he was on an FBI wiretap, you know, committing crimes, but again, you're Dick's a hypocrite. A prostitution was going on at Louisville. He had nothing. He, he, that wasn't, you know, a big thing. That wasn't true. But he comes with these rumors. So, so tell me how it went on. What happened? So basically, Dick Vitale was, you know, basically coming at Will Wade on Twitter and talking all this stuff about LSU. So Jordy said, Dick, open invite, come on off the bench on ESPN Baton Rouge, Nolan, Alexandria, anytime. Well, to Dick's credit, he came. You yeah. know, I do got to admit that. He could have just been like, I don't Duck have to him, do yeah. that. Right. Well, so Dick got on there, man. They've had, they've had him on a few times. Just all hell breaks loose. Where Dick keeps saying, you know, listen to the tapes. And Jordy's like, do you have the tapes? Do you listen to the tapes? And he hadn't. You know, it was just all these rumors and hearsay that were on the, were on the tapes. But Dick has just come so hard after it. And Will Wade at LSU has recruited to an excellent level. You know, he's pulled some – you know, he's got a lot of talent down there. But, you know, he I don't think he's doing anything that, you know, a lot of these other schools aren't too. And then it just seemed like if you were a blue boy, it's okay. But if you're, you know – school that's not a traditional power or a young coach on the rise, well, then, you know, you have to be cheating. And so four different times in the last year or two, Dick Vitella said there's a notice of allegations pending against LSU. Big news about the drop. Still nothing. Well, and no one cares at this point. And Dick Dick tweeted something out, hoping that his moxie, no one would say anything back, would just believe what Dick has to say. It's to Dick's credit. I mean, let's be real. Will Wade did stuff he shouldn't do, but everyone does oh, stuff yeah. he shouldn't do. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, Dick is hypocritical. If Dick didn't care so much about Coach Krzyzewski and Coach Patino, and if he was on the same level playing field, we would just kind of say, you know what, that's fine. But, you know, Dick continues to be a hypocrite. And, and when called out, he just says, listen to the facts. And he doesn't have any facts. No, and the other thing, I, there's a hilarious shirt running around Baton Rouge that's don't be a Dick Vitale with a picture of the face. It's great. Yeah, he's he can be cringy and annoying for sure. Uh, I also love he's always on Duke games. He always happens to get those games. Uh, and look, like I said, he does some good things. He does some really good things. But, um, yeah, that's uh, – shout out to your guy for going at him. And, look, shout out to Dick for coming on. A lot of people just – Oh, great. No, Dick, no, I agree. There's a lot to be said. He's gone – he hasn't just gone there once. He's been on there three or four times. Do you mute the TV when Dick's on? Because I do. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, Who's it, worse, it, it, Bill Walton or Dick Vitale? Man, they're both different. Well, the thing with Bill Walton, like – Walton makes me laugh a couple of times, but then, like, and I'm a big Grateful Dead guy, so I get a okay. lot of references. Right. But having said that, Walton makes the game more about him than the actual players, and that drives me nuts. You're there to commentate and accentuate what's going on, on the floor, you know, and he just ends up, like, hijacking the broadcast. Yeah. He hijacks the broadcast and makes it all about his stuff. And, you know, if you want to do a segment on what you're doing and all that, go for it. But, man, don't make – the kids that are, you know, the game about you. That's like the first thing you don't do is a broadcast. It's always about him. Always. Yeah, uh, before we get to Ole Miss quickly, I do want to say that soundbite of you telling Brandon Walker to shut the hell up was <laughs> terrific. 
Because yeah, no one does that. Something. Yeah, he's something. That egg bowl, uh, we had a lot of fun with that egg bowl stream. And I, I certainly enjoyed uh, Owen Ole Miss beat State. And I enjoyed throwing some eggs at him on the Barstool football show the other day, too. Shout great. out Brandon Walker. Uh, good sport, always. Definitely. Uh, Old Miss, uh, Old Miss basketball, real quick. Haven't played yet. Got Jackson State, what, on Friday, Thursday, one of these days. They'll beat Jackson State. Though, don't sleep on Jackson State. Decent SWAC team, good defensive group. They're going to challenge to win that conference. What do you think about Ole Miss? A lot of transfers coming in for Kermit yeah. Davis. I will say, Demencio Vaughn was really good at Ryder. He can do a lot of different things. You're going to have to obviously make up for uh, what you lose last year with, with the scoring that, that Brian Tyree gave you. But yeah, there's plenty of offense on this team. I wonder if they can kind of – continue to play as well as they did last year defensively. They were very good from a defensive efficiency standpoint. Um, I like Ole Miss. Tough to go to auction to win. I like Kermit Davis. What do you think about Ole Miss this year? Man, I'm, I, first of all, I covered – so when I was in Shreveport, I covered Louisiana Tech a lot, who was always like the second or third best team in Conference USA, because yep. Kermit won it six years in a row at Middle Tennessee State. Oh, yeah. So I saw how good they were, and I went to – a bunch of a few military. Well, I brought up to you, uh, remember Giddy up, Giddy Potts and Reggie Upshaw, that team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Corey Williams uh, at Middle Tennessee. That's a good team. Oh, man, they beat you know, he beat Michigan State as a 15th yep. seed attorney. And then the next year, I remember he beat Rick Tino's son in Minnesota in the tournament. Oh, yeah, but he was phenomenal. And so I was thrilled when Ole Miss hired him. And then you look at Ole Miss, like the pavilion, I think it's probably seven or eight years old now, something like that. But it's a 98 million dollar arena. I mean, Ole Miss is a state of the art arena, and Kermit. It's a lot of transfers this year. They Tyree last year the problem was Tyree carried all the scoring. You didn't have any help. I mean, yep. he was he was. I mean, he was literally the one man gang on offense. But you mentioned uh, Demencio Vaughn. They got Romello White and transferred from Arizona Good State. Big, yep. Yeah, and he can run the floor. I think he's athletic. They got Jarkel Joyner, who was from Oxford originally, went to play for former Ole Miss coach at Cal State Bakersfield. But they say he can score, and mm-hmm. hopefully he'll take some of Tyree's load. Uh, also, also excited about Matthew Merle. From Memphis, uh, he's one of the highest-rated recruits Ole Miss has ever had. He's going to be in the guard rotation, Kadeem C. If they uh, can defend like they did last year, I put him in the upper echelon of the SEC, you know, above, you know, uh, you know Alabama. You know, Arkansas is interesting. You know, teams like that, they're kind of on that second level of, of SEC basketball. But I, I have nothing but raved about Ole Miss. I loved Marshall Henderson. I was a big fan of his. I, I love the program. I'm I'm glad to see you're a fan of basketball because I I love Ole Miss. I'm I'm very high on them this year. I actually I want to say I have a future on them. Very deep one, three hundred to one, I think. Oh uh, wow! Well, I, the I, one guy I want to watch out for. So Devontae Shuler's been starting at point guard for a while, and he had a bad junior year. Yep. Uh, his dad died last year. Mm-hmm. He went from shooting eighty percent the foul line his sophomore year to sixty. Really struggled. But I think that if he has the bounce back year that I certainly think he's capable of. I mean, he had a very good sophomore year. If he plays well and gives them senior leadership, I think this team could be real good. Uh, it, what's going to be interesting, though, is early in the year, I mean, you just mentioned it, you got all these new parts and transfers, and, you know, it's been a weird offseason, and they, they hadn't had a game yet because they're dealing with COVID. So I kind of wonder, yeah, it could you know, it could maybe it takes a few weeks or a month for them to figure out their roles and stuff. I, I think, think they're surely a top-five team in the SEC. I, I mean really? that. Yeah. I do. I mean that. I, I think they're really good. And, and I think they have a ton of ancillary pieces. They can score the basketball. Davis, a good coach. I'm not that high on Florida. I'm somewhat high, but I think they have point guard issues. LSU, they don't play any defense. It wouldn't be crazy to me if Ole Miss finishes third. I'll be honest. I mean that. I'm hoping, I was thinking going in, hopefully, you know, right on the bubble of the tourney team. Hopefully they make the tourney. And next year, Deshaun Ruffin is terrific. 
He, I told you this, he is one of the best crossovers I've ever seen. And I mean that he is really good. He can fill it up. He's from Jackson. Like the kid a lot. Kermit Davis has some good things going on there. Yeah, he does. And like, I mean, I, Ole Miss is lucky to have him. And uh, like I said, I think the facility's being really good and you're not sitting in too bad of a recruiting area, obviously the South's more football, but you know, me, you know, Memphis is pretty close. Jackson's produced some guys. I mean, he, he can get out and recruit. And he's obviously the big thing is he's obviously got great relationships to pull off all these transfers. He keeps pulling off. Cause that's I've become such a big part of the college game. I hate to call it free agency, but it's important. Every, yeah, it's a di- different thing now with the transfer. So I'm excited. I'm actually going to go to almost plays UT Martin and a little four o'clock game in the pavilion on Tuesday, December 22nd. When I'm back South, I'm going to actually go to that. And I'm looking forward to that. One of the things next year, if I'm still at Barstow, one of the things I'd like to do is uh, get out to these campuses and go to these games, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and go to just random places, go to, you know, people at Barstow, take them, go to a game, you know, kind of interact with the fan bases, uh, I would love to go to the pavilion sometime. I think it's a, a terrific place. I remember when Andy Kennedy was there back when. Oh, yeah, he was there forever, man. He was there. So Rod Barnes got fired, I guess it was like 05. Yep. And Kennedy was there from like 05. To, this is the Kermit's third year. So he was there from like 05 through 17. He actually, I remember, this is a real quick story before we end here. Uh, final, or uh, the tournament, a couple years ago. I want to say it was 2013, 2014, around then. LaSalle beat Ole Miss. Oh, Oh, that was the Listen, year old miss. Yeah, so Tyrone Garland, the South Philly floater kid, um, he that team was really good. They had a kid, uh, Tariq Duran. They were really Ramon Galloway, all Philly kids. They were Philly kids at a core. And I still remember Marshall Henderson walked off the court, didn't even shake it up his hand, just walked off the court. Um, and to this day, the kid Tyrone Garland, he still makes money off that Southwest Philly floater thing. He has shirts, everything. Oh. Um, so yeah, I I know that I didn't want to tell you that. Just no, you're good. Know, no, that because that team that's a rough one. So that that team made a huge run and won the SEC tournament. I remember they beat Florida in the championship yeah. when Peterson, and they had uh Buck Greg Buckner and, Mur- and Murphy Holloway down low. That was mm-hmm. almost real good guys down low, and they almost beat Wisconsin first round of the NCAA tournament. And almost was twelve. And then LaSalle was a 13 and upset a four seed. And I was actually living in Rosarito Beach, Mexico, playing online poker in 2013, uh, right by San Diego. And the Sweet 16 was in L.A. If Ole Miss beat LaSalle, I was was so heartbroken. And the boys from North Philly took your fucking dreams Oh, my one, too, man. The South Philly flutter, man. That one still stays. That that kid, I'm not kidding. He plays professional basketball in Europe still. If not for that shot, I I think he's in Philly playing streetball games, honestly. I think Marshall he's on the Henderson, playground. Marshall Henderson's a grad assistant back at Ole Miss now yep. on that staff. Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw he was killing it at the uh, Midnight Madness thing. So <laughs> uh, good for you. Good for him. I- I'm glad to have you around, Ben Minch. You're a great gambler, too. I think you kind of – you know you're a gambler. You-, you just have that. Oh, yeah. You just have that. You know, some people have it. Some people just don't. Uh, you have it. Good to talk to you, Ben Mintz. We'll talk to you again soon. We'll have to get you on during the season. We'll see how Ole Miss is doing. Maybe you can come on Big Man on Basketball again. Thanks for joining us. Do you uh, Any futures you want to throw out? Anybody you uh, like? I, I know you're more of a football guy. Yeah, I, I've got to, I, I'm watching this LSU team close too, man. I know that you said they don't play the most defense, but Cam Thomas, that five-star freshman, is something. And Trenton Watford now in his sophomore year. 
I think he's very talented. Javante Smart kind of let him down a little bit. And he was expected to do more sophomore year uh, after Tremont Waters left. Mm-hmm. But he, I think if he has a bounce back junior year, they've got a lot of talent from what I'm hearing from my Baton Rouge sources. Will Wade's really high on this team. And so I'm going to be watching them awful close too. I think that's going to be a fun story. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season. I like Tennessee. Obviously, you have Kentucky around as well, Florida. So it'll be a fun season. Glad you're around, Ben Mintz. You're a great guy. Great to talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, buddy. That's good. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Thanks, Ben. Ben will have poker stuff coming up. It's very exciting times right now. Thanks to Ben Mintz. Follow him on Twitter. Thanks to have. Uh, thanks to him for coming on the show. What a great interview that was. I really, uh, really love talking to Ben. Uh, some of those stories were, were awesome. Uh, right. It's, it's, I know you were kind of from a scheduling step, but it was tough to have you on that, but you would, you would like Ben, uh, as I said, I think he, you know, he's kind of your, your type of guy, big college football guy and loves his uh, old Miss rebel. So uh, had some good stories. So glad to have him on. Thank you for uh, coming on, Ben. Uh, check out Ben on Twitter, check out all his content, trying to do his thing at Barstool. All right, Ryan, let's get into the Friday card. We have uh, several games. You even have a game yourself. Is that correct? Uh, you have a, a game you're looking at. I'm excited to hear what that is. Uh, are you going to give us a little hint as to what it is? Uh, it involves a top 10 team. We'll just leave it okay. at that. A little top 10 action. By the way, before we get into that, did um did you get wind of my uh, disgraceful uh, night uh, from an ordering perspective with DoorDash? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, guess I did. What on earth is that fucker doing? Like, was that was that real? Did that really happen? Very much real. So I order. For anyone that doesn't know, I order the, basically the same meal. I eat the same meal a lot. Uh, I get it from a friend of mine's pizzeria. Uh, I never have an issue. I haven't had an issue with DoorDash in months. Uh, you know, a lot of the p- people seem like they know where I am at this point. So I get this guy. He calls me. He says, "I can't find your apartment." So I sent him the address. I sent him how to get there. Uh, and he goes, all right, I'll be there. I get the little notification that your order was delivered. Thanks uh, for using DoorDash. I go outside. It ain't there. So I try to call this fucker and he doesn't answer. I get the picture of my order and it's literally in the middle of the street. So I, I'm, I go outside of my car. I drive around. I'm looking for this fucking order. I can't find it. I have, I have five, 10 minutes later. It's fucking freezing. I said, this is bullshit. I'm just going to reorder. And I ended up reordering and getting it. But, like, who the fuck does that, Ryan? Like, Wait, just, so you paid twice? No, no. I got – basically, they gave me a credit, and I just got another meal. Oh. So you never went and got the first meal? No, I couldn't find it. Oh, you couldn't I don't know where it. it was. It was just like he literally put it somewhere. Yeah, it's weird. I know the picture looks like, yeah, it's just like in the middle of the street, which is – which, <laughs> I mean, I just had like, – What like kind when of I person does it, that? Like, when I saw it and just – uh like re- started to read everything like you know it's one of those things where you're like reading you're reading and, reading, and then all of a sudden you just like it clicks and i just burst out laughing like just because one it's fucking hilarious to begin with and then two knowing the issues that you've had with delivery services in the past just made it even more funny for me so um i just and like he had to take the picture and put it on the app and like the fact that he was just like okay with that and was and just did it is is ridiculous. I get a weird feeling he's not going to be a DoorDash very long. Just my thought. But no, I wouldn't think so. But uh, you know, and she, look, shout out to the girl that brought the next meal because, right? She was such a sweet girl. She 
she called me. She said, I want to make sure I'm in the right place. Um, and she ended up getting me the food. So shout out to that girl for doing that. Very nice of her. Uh, shout out to the people that take pride in what they do, no matter what it is. Uh, just like we do here at Big Man on Basketball. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's get into it. Iowa, Iowa State. This would be a fun matchup if it was a, if it was a normal Friday. If it was a normal Friday in, in December, we would have, you know, Iowa City on fire in this game. Big rivalry in the state of Iowa. They call it the Corn Boy matchup, Ryan. Iowa, Iowa State. I don't think they really call it that. But, you know, people that are from Iowa, Ryan, it's good to call them. You're a Corn Boy, like a Corn Boy, you know. They, Sounds uh, awful. Yeah. Sounds like a rough place to live, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to grow up in Iowa. There's so many places I wouldn't want to grow up. Iowa definitely being one of them. By the way, have you ever seen White Boys? Have you ever seen that movie? No, I never heard of it. Yeah, it's a it was a movie from like the nineties. Uh, Sounds racist. No, it's about this. Uh, <laughs> no, it's funny. It's about this kid uh, called Flip, and he's like a big like rap fan. He's like a you know he's a guy that like pretends you know he's a, a hood mm-hmm. dude when he's not you know kind of yeah. like how I used to act when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, and he lives in Iowa. And it's like his dream to like go to Chicago and like hang out with the hang out and be a hood dude. And it's just about his like, you know, kind of life. It's it was a terrible movie, but I liked it. But he ends up having like a big issue because he goes to Chicago and gets caught up. But yeah, he was from Iowa. So let's get into Iowa. Battle of Iowa. Iowa minus 14, total 159. Iowa State, we haven't seen much of them this year. Uh played against South Dakota State. Made a game of it in the second half. Uh, actually, were quite good in that game. But you go back to the game December 2nd, nine days ago, basically. I mean, Ryan, they got beat up in the first half. I mean, they were down 12 at the half, gave up five threes. It was an ugly first half for uh, for that defense. And when you look at Iowa State, don't have Tyrese Halliburton anymore. They don't really have a point guard. They want Rasir Bolton to be the point guard, but he's not a real point guard. He's more of just like, a, I'll be a point guard if I need to be. Uh, they don't have much around them. They don't have much in the way of bigs either. I don't know who guards Luca Garza in this game. I, I think it's going to be rough for them. You look at the last two matchups against Iowa. Iowa State's put up 98 and 84. I don't think there's much difference here. I just don't think Iowa State can run with Iowa. I think it's going to get ugly for them. Opponents last year shot 36% from three against Iowa State. When you have a team run in Iowa that just can mark some anywhere on the fucking court, I got no interest in fading Iowa. Uh, I'm actually going to lay the points here. I, I think this is just – I don't think it's high enough. Last year they won by 16, and Halliburton played. He had 22. He was the leading scorer in the game. Without him, I just – I don't see where the offense comes from. I don't think they can keep up with Iowa. Yeah, neither do I. That's the way I would lean in this game is, is, is Iowa minus the points for sure. Iowa State just – I mean, they've only played two games, but I mean, that last performance against South Dakota State was, was, I mean, that's troublesome. I mean, to start out your year and to have that kind of performance where, look, to me, that's a game that they should, and say what you want about South Dakota State, I mean, that's that, that's a game that they should win. And it was in Ames, like, they, they, they should have won that game. And the fact that they lost, that concerns me. The number one thing about this game that concerns me, and you touched on it briefly there, is they have zero size, like zero size. Yeah, it's going to get ugly. And, I mean, we saw what Iowa can do when Luca Garza is kind of held in check and just kind of having a, you know, a little bit of a below average game. 
I do not expect the same thing in, in, in this matchup. I expect Luca Garza to kind of get ever, get whatever he wants. He missed some, some shots around the basket too in the last game. A player of his caliber, that ain't going to happen two games in a row. I expect him to have kind of, you know, one of his monster games, um, excuse me, on Friday night um, and expect him to really just – him and, and the rest of the squad to really just kind of continue the offensive onslaught that they've started to start this uh, to start this um, season. And I'll tell you what, Ryan, go, real quick before you finish your – well, actually, finish your point. I, I want to add something to this. Yeah, no, I was no, I was just going to say too. The other thing, and I've mentioned mentioned it on other um, on other episodes, is two things really. One, if you're going to hang in games, I want teams that can shoot from the perimeter. Iowa State cannot; they can't right. make anything from the perimeter all terrible three-point shooting team. And another thing that just is a great feather in Iowa's cap. One thing that um, just a like I said, another thing to to add and just pile on is only turn the ball over 10 times per game tops in the big 10. So um, they're not giving other teams uh, free possession. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I like Iowa in this game. Uh, I would lay it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Ryan. And I, I want to know what you think here. I'm thinking about first half with Iowa instead, just because when you look at Iowa, they've been up by double digits in every game this year. Now I know three of the games were against no name competition, but you know, against North Carolina, they got out quick Iowa State has not gotten out quick. You, you look at the Pine Bluff game. Uh, th- this game was, was, you know, they were actually down at the half against Pine Bluff. And then they follow it up and they get beat up in the first half against South Dakota State. I'm going to go with the first half here. I'm figuring it's probably eight, eight and a half. I think as long as it's under double digits, I'm in. I'm taking Iowa first half here, right? Not the full game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's under double digits, I'd be inclined to to do and that as well. And it will be because because um, the number's fourteen. It's, so I'm right. You would seven ex- have eight. Yeah, you would expect it to. Um, I'll be honest. I like full game too. Um, I do. Okay. I like. I don't. I don't think they they have too much of an issue. You would expect them at some point to kind of have kind of have that hiccup. Um, obviously, I mean, when you, when you're rolling, obviously there's. I don't think they have it here. You know, yeah, yeah and I, exactly. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to start now. So um, I, I like both personally. I think you made a good point too, because it's not really the fact that they're not good down low; they just don't really have any bodies. I think they're they're the, the guy that's starting at the five is like six nine. I mean, yeah, Solomon Young. Yeah, and, and the thing so. about they have another guy, George Condit. One thing I, I've read about Condit, and I've noticed is. He's not particularly strong, really, defensively. He's more of like a, just, you know, he, he can do some things. He only played eight minutes in their last game. So, yeah, I don't think they have the bodies, frankly. So, I'm going to go Iowa first half. I'm guessing it's eight. And, again, as long as it's under 10, I'm interested. Uh, Kansas and Omaha. Kansas land 24 total, uh, 144 and a half. Omaha, Ryan, I watched that game against Creighton. Holy fuck, man. This team – is like a they're like a fucking turnstile a Penn Station uh, that's broken. I mean, th- this team stinks. Yeah, they, they can't guard anybody. Um, this game was what was it? I think fifty to twenty six the half. They just couldn't stop uh, Creighton. I mean, it was horrific. This is a Kansas team that we know is very good. We know they are just terrific at the guard position. They're a team that has. I mean, McCormick's played really well for them. Jalen Wilson's come on, been kind of that wing kind of three four that they can use in different positions i mean if you look at other games for omaha i mean drake did whatever they wanted against omaha Uh, this is a bad omaha team and what i hate about them is 
a couple of years ago, they had kind of a pace to them. They could kind of go up and down and maybe kind of beat you. They were just faster than you. They don't have that anymore. It's just kind of isolation crap and, you know, shoot whatever you can find. Uh, I, I think it's tough for them to score. I think Kansas blitzes them. And I, I don't think they're going to score much here. I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game for uh, for Omaha. I, I'm going to actually also back on Kansas in the first half. I'm going to look 12, 12 and a half. I'm going I'm to play them in the first half as well. I think they come out on fire, uh, you know, had a close game, kind of a too close or comfort game last time out. Uh, I think you're going to probably want to look to put them away early here. You got your big 12 schedule coming up. Omaha's not good, Ryan. I don't think they can guard Kansas in any level. Creighton's good offensively, but I don't, I think Kansas is even slightly better and they go a little bit quicker as well. And they play better defense too. I mean, Creighton doesn't play any defense. Part of the reason why they only won that game by like 16 or 17 points. So, um, yeah, it's funny. I, I wasn't sure exactly, um, 100 percent you know obviously you know we were talking about things in, uh, earlier today kind of where you were going to go with this and um i initially went first half so it's kind of cool to see that you went that way too because just 24 and a half is kind of a uh, kind of a larger number and you know you just it's 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 i think it's natural instinct to kind of worry a little bit when you start to get up that high so yeah i do like the fact that that um you know that that number should be right excuse me should be right around uh that that 12 12 and a half number so um look you hit the nail on the head, man, and that's part of the reason why I think Kansas gets out of the gate running is this team is just so bad defensively. Not only are they giving up shooting 45% from the field, but teams shoot the ball above 40% from behind the arc as well. So, and look, we talked about not knowing where schools were on the last one. Who knows where the hell Drake is? Again, another college that most people probably aren't going to know where they are. That team – Beat Omaha by 21 points. What's Kansas going to do here? And you touched on Jalen Wilson. Yeah, what did I say? It's in Iowa. What did I say? I think you said – I don't think you said anything. Oh, I didn't say it. You're just answering the question. Yeah, I figured you would know. You're good with geography and that kind of stuff. So, um, But, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Jalen Wilson because, real quick, I I followed this kid in high school because, actually, his – College decision was down to Kansas and and Michigan. Obviously, ultimately picked uh, the Jayhawks. And look, you can't go wrong picking Kansas. They're you know obviously a blue blood. So um, he broke his ankle in the second game of the year last year, and they didn't really have him much at all last year. He's their leading scorer now. Um, he's a talented kid, so they're they're really giving him a lot. Um, and another thing I like that's just another feather in the cap in this game, Jeff. Uh, Kansas has been a fantastic rebounding team to start the year, out rebounding their opponent by almost ten rebounds a game obviously that 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 should hold true in this matchup I'm I'm riding with you with the first half on this one yeah I mean it's not like Omaha doesn't have any data they played six games this will be their seventh Correct. game so yeah. yeah this is a team that kind of is what they are at this point and look I also think their stats are a little bit skewed because they played Middle Tennessee Abilene Christian and Edwardsville three teams that either aren't good or run really slow pace wise so I I just I don't think there's much to like about this team. I think there's going to be outgunned. And if you look at Kansas, even back to last season, when they face teams basically 200 or worse, I mean, it it, it got ugly uh, for, for the teams that played Kansas. I mean, you look at UNKC, Monmouth, uh, you know, who else here? Uh, Milwaukee. I mean, this team beat up teams that they should beat. Uh, I, I, 24 is not brutal. I think this is like a 95-62 type of game, something like that. But I think in the first half, I think we're safe here. It's probably like a 45-25 a type of first half. So 
uh, that's kind of where I'm going to go here. So, you know, two first halves to start the show, Ryan. Could be yeah. could be an early evening for us. <laughs> could uh, be. If we can get a winner here. Uh, the third game I wanted to talk about. Uh, before we do that, though, let's get to your game, Ryan. You, you want to take it? You wanted to take a look at uh, Villanova and Georgetown. You're going to dip your toes in a little bit to the Big East schedule. Yeah, uh, you got a team in Georgetown here that you know we've seen four times, uh, but I'm not sure we've really seen them more than once. No one watched UMBC or Coppin. They lost to the Naval Academy. They did, and, and, and not. This isn't football, okay. Some people don't even know that Navy has a basketball team, but they do, and they beat Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown's been hit hard by just off-the-court issues, uh, transfers. You look at last year's team, Akinjo's gone, Yurt Seven's gone, Mac McClung's gone, Terrell Allen's gone. Uh, this is a team that's had major issues. What do you like here, Ryan? Villanova probably looking for a bit of a get-right game uh, after they beat Texas, Hartford, kind of keep the mojo going. Yeah, it's um I'll tell you Georgetown is a team that coming into the year, I think a lot of people kind of knew what they were going to get as far as from a roster standpoint. They have some some transfers and whatnot, but when it comes to upperclassmen, lowerclassmen, I mean they're a very upperclassmen latent team. But I think the fact that like I said, those transfers that have come in, we talked about it in our previous shows, Jeff. Continuity, continuity, continuity. It's so damn important. And it seems that Georgetown is still trying to figure it out. They're still trying to figure out how they're all going to figure out how to play together well. And it just hasn't happened yet. And I don't think a game against Villanova is how things get figured out. I lean Nova in this game. I know a lot of people might think the number's a little high. I'll just be honest. I haven't been overly impressed with with the Hoyos. The, the the big thing for me that set that that stood out to me first and foremost in this game is the turnover disparity. Villanova only turns the ball over eight times per game. That's for people that don't really pay attention. That's a ridiculously low number. Like anything on their double digits is super low. Georgetown, on the other hand, they turned the ball over well above 18 times per game. They've been sloppy with the ball, and they're being sloppy with the ball against inferior opponents. That worries me as well. Those are the games you should be able to protect the ball against, against these teams that are, you know, the cupcakes to start the year. Um, So one thing that does worry me a little bit, Georgetown has been pretty good defending the three-point line. Villanova, as we know in, in years past with, with, with Jay Wright, they do like to shoot the three. Although they've gotten kind of gotten away from it this year because they haven't been shooting it that well. So I think the fact that, that that's the case, they'll actually kind of uh, get the ball inside a little bit more and, and, and get their points that way and go through, go through Gillespie. But um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Villanova, lay the points, 11.5, kind of wherever you're looking here. Be interesting to see kind of when this game comes out, where that, that line's going to be. But um, that's, that, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Villanova. Comfortable laying 11 points. here, Ryan, not okay for you? 11's, yep, 11's fine. Yep, Let I me was, ask I, you, not yeah. worried at all about last year's matchup late in the season, Villanova, yeah, one-point win. Fight. Uh, nobody yep. played for for Georgetown. The uh, small little grouping was able to to get, keep it close and almost win. Well, no, you're, you you make a good point, and I think Jay Wright, being the, the excellent coach he is, I'm sure he's going to bring that up, and I'm sure it's the players that were on this team last year, 
they're not going to forget that. Like you said, it's at the very end of the year. And look, they're going to realize, hey, this is a team that gave us a, a hell of a battle last year and almost upset us. But I think, uh, I think, uh, Nova and the boys here. get, yeah, I think they, I think they get the, uh, I think they get the, sh- the job done. One thing, too, last thing I'll say really quick. You know, how you talk, we talk about teams like being unlucky, they're lucky, blah, blah, blah. Certain things kind of break their way. Georgetown's opponents are shooting 59% from the free throw line. That's fucking awful. They're not going to get that lucky in this game. Nova shoots it at 73%. Just another reason why I like Bill. And Gillespie has the ball late in games. He's usually the guy shooting them. So there you go. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, Ryan, one other game I, I kind of wanted to get into, but I guess the number just there's something about St. Peter's. I, you know, we talk about them on the, the last show. I, I don't think we were there last Friday. Uh, with um with Kai McEwen from Three Men Weave, yeah. I ended up kind of getting out of it. I'm I'm kind of interested to see how they play tomorrow. I don't know if I end up playing it, but they get Niagara. If you know anything about Niagara, they're coached by uh, former Dukey Greg Paulus. If you know Greg Paulus, oh yeah, uh, shoot a ton of threes. Niagara, uh, they made a ton of them last year. There was a tr- they were a terrific shooting team <laughs> last year. They didn't against Syracuse. Uh, I know. I mean, what a weird box score that was. If you look at that awful box score. I mean, explain this to me, okay? So Syracuse wins 75-45. So Syracuse put up 75, one by 30, and shot five for 23 from three. And they still won by 30. And that's pretty unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. St. Peter's – I mean, that's because, that's because Niagara shot the ball at 27% and only 17% from three. No, I know. That's, they, they were, awful. Yeah, they were, they were shockingly even worse, but – I mean, you figure Syracuse at least had, you know, kind of hit it from three. I mean, they, they scored a ton of points and won by margin. But I don't know. I, I kind of like the total here a little bit as well. Um, St. Peter's hasn't been particularly strong defensively. Uh, both these teams are good from three. But then you look at last year's games. Both were played in the, the 50s and 60s. So, I don't know. I kind of had more interest in this game when I was breaking it down, and now I don't necessarily have as much. Yeah, but. why? I'm wondering why you're overthinking it. Because when well, I because was breaking I, this, I, I I like St. Peter's, and I'm kind of at a crossroads with them because I like them as a dog or sure. a small favorite. And you know, Niagara is a team that are really dependent on threes, and they either make yeah. them or they don't. Right. And that's my issue here. Uh, I kind of want to see what Niagara is. Are they just a really bad team? And you know, they're not going to get the same shooting they did last year, but yeah, it'd be nice if we had a couple more games under our belt from Niagara instead of just that one uh, awful performance against Syracuse. So I see where you're coming from. And, and I'll tell you what I might do. And th- this is weird because the Mac this year is going to be playing uh, back-to-backs, Ryan. So they're going to play uh, kind of home and homes, if you will. So that's kind of interesting. You get is, is this, yeah, no, it is. And is this kind of that, that quote unquote get right game we, we talk about, um, because St. Peter's, their their last game was in fact that that game against Maryland that, well, and that's that we a good were talking point. about. That's a good point. They had a break. They had a nice break, a week week break, long. Yeah, and they played poorly, gave up a lot of points. And if you look at St. Peter's against LaSalle and Stony Brook, you know teams that are probably better than Niagara, they won both by margin. Uh, I lean St. Peter's here. I guess I just is there the, a spread for this yet? Uh, yeah, nine. Thank you. I couldn't find one. I'm okay, a little no. gun shy just because Niagara, if, if they, they're making threes, they'll hang in this game. So, um, you know, something I'll keep in mind. Maybe I'll get into tomorrow. But I definitely like Iowa in the first half and Kansas in the first half. Those are two plays I'm going to have. A quick Saturday look through. 
I'm excited about the Saturday card because I have Ryan, a couple of teams that I'm excited about watching that we haven't seen yet. Uh, one of which being St. Bonaventure. I'm a big fan of this group. Uh, we haven't seen them yet this year due to COVID protocols. Uh, yep. Texas Tech, we've seen them, but they're going to play Corpus Christi. I've told you before, Corpus Christi is horrible. This is a bad, bad team. Uh, I think this one could get ugly. This could be like a 95-50 type of game. So I'm going to have an eye on that. And I'm going to be interested to see what Lipscomb has tomorrow because it seems as if their players that they were missing out on might be back for this game. I, I think I've heard through the grapevine they might be back. Big game, Brian. Belmont, Lipscomb. That's a big battle down in Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to be very interested in that game because what have I said about Belmont? Good up and down. They scored a basketball, but they do not stop anybody. And how about this, Ryan, for a clash in styles? Northern Iowa against Green Bay. Hmm. Yeah, seriously. Talking about a clash in styles there. I would have my eye on Green Bay, Ryan. If I'm getting double digits here, Northern Iowa stinks. <laughs> Northern Iowa's not good. I mean, without A.G. Green, they got boat raced in the second half against they uh, did. against the um, the uh, Richmond Spiders. One other one, Oklahoma. I know you're, I'm not getting involved with them, but they play Florida A&M, who's off a trip to Oregon. Now and they got to go to, to yeah. yeah. Now they got to go to Oklahoma, and they're going to get a pissed off Sooner group. So I'm not playing it, but maybe you can. And I also have my eye on Arkansas, Central Arkansas. How about how about Arkansas, Ryan? They needed a game. Daryl Walker, uh, not Daryl Walker, uh, the coach for uh, Central Arkansas, uh, Anthony Boone says, "Well, let's let's get this game going. Little little battle, Arkansas. Maybe that's Bill- great." Maybe Bill Clinton will be there, the the old uh, yeah. the old uh, governor of Arkansas. I did not have sexual relations no, no, with that no, no. woman. Let me say it. Let me say it. I, 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 I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, all right, Arkansas, we know they're very good offensively. Central Arkansas doesn't stop anyone. So this could be a fun up-and-down battle, maybe like an 85-75 type of game. All right, we're out of here. We've got to go. We had a long interview this this show is long tonight, but you know you love hearing us talk basketball. Uh, any final words, D'Amico, as we head into the uh, the uh, weekend uh, here? No, everyone just enjoy their enjoy the uh, the Friday and Saturday slate, uh, Sunday as well, and enjoy your weekend. Hope everyone you know stays safe and enjoys their time and uh, has plenty of winners. Real quick cumulative review. Ryan likes Villanova minus 11 against Georgetown. A couple of plays I like on the Friday card. Iowa first half, as long as it's under 10. And Kansas, uh, I'm guessing it's 12 and a half for 13. I would probably play that up to 14 and a half. So uh, there you go with those. Uh, if I have any more, I will add them. And make sure you stay tuned to Twitter because I will have some Saturday selections as well. Ryan and I both having winning seasons. Let's see if Ryan can keep it going and I can keep going. Everyone have a great night. Thanks for listening. This has been Big Man on Basketball. We will see you Monday. We got an NBA preview on Monday, Ryan. That's going to be fun. Can't wait to talk NBA. We do NBA here. Um, we'll you teased out that. a little bit of uh, some guests coming up, too. People should yeah. stick, stick, stay tuned oh, for that, right? Ryan, by the way, I got one of the best mid-major coaches in the country coming on next week. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who. Uh, and I also have um, down the road a basketball player that I think should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I'll tell you why when we have him on. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you Monday. You're on Big Men on Basketball. Have a good weekend. Jacob, we can